everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rampage Ramble, the show where we like to chat a lot more about random stuff, and then eventually we'll chat about wrestling. I'm Boris, as always, and this week I am joined by a, well, he's becoming a more familiar voice. I know I said that last time, but it seems to be more and more and more and more. Uh, but this is really the chance that we get to geek out, not only with video games and anime and all that fun stuff, but we also get to talk some Rampage. That's my good friend, Dax Xavier. Dax, how's it going? Not too bad. I hope everybody is doing great uh, during this holiday season and, you know, having a really safe and festive time. But, uh, yeah, I am really doing good and video gamed out. Yeah, you were saying, like, <laughs> literally, we just connected. I'm like, hold on, let's not even talk. Let's just start recording because usually that's what happens, right? Like, we start talking. 20 minutes later, we're like, hey, we should start the show. Oh, yeah, we should actually add this in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a week. So, so you've had a busy... Okay, I have to say this. I am so jealous of you right now over the, <laughs> over the past 24 hours and what you've been doing. So let's start with that right off the top. So what have you been uh, beta testing over the past 24 hours? Well, just in the less than 24 hours, I've been beta testing Street Fighter VI. I was one of the chosen to be able to uh, get my hands on this. And uh, yeah, the funny thing is I actually had... This is the second beta that has come out. I was able to do it the first time, and that's why I'm able to do it again. But I didn't get deep in it because I had to go to New York Comic Con and cover that event. So, you know, this is this is geek person problems here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but I end up, you know, getting a chance to finally get deep in it. And my goodness, people, if you're a fighting game fan listening here, you aren't ready. And this is just a beta you're not ready for what they're about to give to you. And yeah. for, if you wanted to find out, you could go to um, my YouTube page at uh, viewfinders ISAD or go to talktimelive.com and check it out there. I'll have it up soon, but um, it's an, um, just alone, you know, more two, two things that I love in video games. That's one is fighting games Two. Creative suites because I'm a designer, I'm an artist, I like to create things and to create your own avatars and everything. I'm always good with it. And that's why, as a wrestling fan, I am so intimate with the WWE 2K and Ukes style of, you know, creative suites because they're so deep and you could just do whatever you want. Well, guess what? Capcom finally listened. They saw, they observed. And now I am happy to say that this creative suite damn near almost matches up to them. And guess what? It is just the beginning this is just yeah. a beta if you play street fighter 5 you know that they constantly put out content for years ongoing game process so imagine what they're going to do with this new creative suite that's going to allow you to just dress your character up and you know do all sorts of things and uh i got a 20 minute like the first video i, I uploaded was a 20 minute uh display of the creative suite it's about like 20 minutes and the stuff that you could do on there is i haven't done anything like that since Ukes, yeah. WWE 2K, or, or, you know, any of those games. Um, I've never seen anything this deep, not for a fighting game. This is going to be a game changer. That's awesome. No, that's awesome to hear. It's funny because, like, I was talking to someone else who's a huge Street Fighter fan as well, um, and we were saying, like, you know, Street Fighter Five. All in all, wasn't that good, right? And the way no, that I, I compare actually it, disagreed. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I think it started strong, yes. and then. They started doing too much. Yeah. So, yeah, 
you see, it's funny because like my friend, his whole take was Street Fighter Five was the WWE 2K20 of the franchise, where mm. not not in terms of the quality, right? Like nothing okay. is going to be as bad as 2K20, but in terms of you know where everyone said at Capcom, the powers that be said, okay. We need to do something. We need to change things up. And now yeah. we're seeing, you know, the, the fruits of their labor. Let me tell you this. When Street Fighter V came out, first of all, when it the, the core game came out, it was so good. It was actually balanced. Um, everybody was hyped for it. Everybody praised it when it first came out. I had Kyle Abair, who's a friend of mine. Uh, he's the voice over you. Um, you'll hear him on my podcast a lot. If he's not as he's doing a soundbite for me as Ryu, he's Gohan from Dragon Ball Super. So he uh, he he's definitely uh, one of my favorites out there. And not to not to be biased or anything on that note, but I think that like that's don't that when they started off strong, people were complaining that they didn't have a strong story mode like NetherRealm games and Mortal Kombat. They got the Shadow Falls in there. Shadow Falls was good. It wasn't like the best thing in the world, but it was still good. It did what they wanted to do. Um, but then they started going, tweaking it too much. They started adding too much to it, the online aspects and the yes. customizations and the, it, that's when it started dwindling. Like you already, you already made the best wine ever. And then you put sugar in it. Yep. <laughs> and then you add a salt to it. And then you put pepper in it. Like, what are you doing? Like it was already great the way it was. So I can see where could people complain later, but I, you gotta say, you gotta remember what it, what it started off as. It, but that's the thing. I think a lot of people didn't play the core game when it came out. Right. Right. And I think Where they that's... didn't touch it all. Once I, once they started adding on it, the online aspects and the and that purchasing and all this stuff, and that's when it started getting like it started weakening out. That's when you lose a lot of like old school gamers. So like my brother's a perfect example of this, right? This guy mm-hmm. We grew up playing Street Fighter 2. Then, you know, we, mm-hmm. we literally bought the Dreamcast for Marvel vs. Capcom 2, right? Like that mm-hmm. was on Dreamcast, that game was like just quintessential, right? Like that was yeah. the ish. So his take on whole his whole take on video games is he understands the whole need for DLCs, right? But it pisses him off, right? So he's DLC very old school thing. like that. He's very yeah. old school. You like want this. unlockables? You want unlocking content? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So so that's his issue. So like when Street Fighter yeah. Five came out, he played. He didn't play it up until like it was complete. Almost yeah. right, and yeah. So having an old school gamer with with you know with all these new school mentality and and tricks and whatever, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fun to it's fun to watch. It's really funny to watch. And then you have my little nephew who you know he's sixteen. What the hell does he know yeah. about like how it used to be? He literally he listens literally to us. Grew up in that in the era of all this. Yeah, so he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He it's like we must sound insane when we like we must sound like those like old men yelling at cloud sometimes, right? Like because we talk about Nintendo Power, how we <laughs> used to have to finish certain games using Nintendo Power opened right beside us, right? Or did you ever call the Nintendo Power hotline? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yep. I'm talking like Game Facts, Game Pro, mm-hmm. uh, EGM, all that, EGM. man. We, look. Yeah, even those, in those later days, days. With the, when the internet got high, it was like game facts, you know. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh man, those are the days. Those are days. But let All me right, tell so- you, yeah, you know, I agree. And I'm, I'm. Look, you're talking to somebody. Look on my, on my show, on my Select Star Video Game Podcast. I literally, I go into what I call grown folk gamer mode. Love it. 
Because, and I almost feel like to the point I should change the title of my of my game uh, podcast in grown folk gamer mode because I find myself always like, you know, I've been playing games since Pong. I love that. I love that. <laughs> which is like the which is considered like the paleo like the Paleolithic era of video mm-hmm. games. It is a dot. <laughs> and Literally. I was around when you had to, you know, hook it up to your old school, you know, Mercury screen. And you had to there was only like it was regular ass TV, VHF, UHF, and then HBO, and you had to flick the switch to go there. You had to do the same thing with with Pong, and then from there the Atari forty eight hundred and all. You know, I've been through all that, so I get it. And then when Street Fighter came out and Fatal Fury came out, you had the unlockable stuff. They started the unlockable era, yep. which is like you get all that stuff from from one price. Now I, I don't blame anybody who's been through our era and see this, and it's like. We had it so easy. Yeah. Oh, we did. 100% we did. Uh, it's kind of funny. So on the Facebook group, SNME Facebook group, earlier this week, I think it was during NXT. Yeah, because that's when I was active on the group uh, while the show mm-hmm. was going on. Someone made a Morgan Darkstalkers reference. Nice. Right? <laughs> right? I was no, just no. like, yes, love that. That Because that's a game <laughs> I want to like just... Give me I'm that waiting game again. any day for them to say to announce that they're going to redo uh, do a brand new Dog Stalkers game or Night yep. Saviors or whatever. That game was so awesome back then. I, you know, thank goodness they do are they are re, um, selling the game in, in like a arcade library yeah. now. Yes, to do so. I mean, so you still have that aspect. But oh my goodness, I really really enjoy. It. Look, all I say is if they brought back um, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. I think anything has a chance. Yeah. It's so funny. I literally bought that this morning at like three in the morning. Have you have you played the original um, PSP? Yes. Do you recognize this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. People who are not listening, who are not um, able to see what I'm joining, I actually have the original UMD, the Universal Media Disc, to what was called the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, and. Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 was one of the absolute best games on there. And, you know, there was only a cult amount of people, a minority of people who were actually able to play the game. And they just brought that back out uh, this week. I actually beat it. Nice. <laughs> of in two days. It's still, it, they didn't miss a beat. It just looks so much better. Yeah. And plays better now. You're going to enjoy that. I can't wait. I cannot wait to to get to that. I'm so behind in gaming right now, right? Like, it's just, I'm so busy that gaming is the last thing on my mind. But I've been off yeah. now, what? This is now the fourth week I've been off. Mm-hmm. And so I've been catching up. Like, there's games that are still in plastic. Like, Avengers. I made that joke yesterday. I'm probably not going to open wait, it. Marvel Avengers? From yeah. two years ago? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? It's safe to say, though. You picked a good time to buy that game because you did not want to play that game in 2020. Yeah. Yep. It was one of the, that and Cyberpunk 2020, uh, 2077 was the two worst games during the pandemic era. <laughs> I played depressing. Cyberpunk. So I had my, I had the PS5. I had zero issues with Cyberpunk mm-hmm. when that came out. Well, right? it was the PS5. I had the PS4 version first. That's before I jumped to the PS5 and the PS4 version came off like a, it was on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was like playing WWE 2K17, right? 18. 18, that yeah, that's the worse. one. It was 18. Yeah, it, it, it literally played like uh, 2K18 on a Switch. 
Yeah, it was so hard. It was hard. Everyone's complaining. I'm like, hey, mine's mine's running fine. <laughs> PC, yeah, PC PC gamers and and PS5 because the processing power was exactly what it was capable of, and they tried to do too much, and it didn't happen. I and it took me two years to play Cyberpunk and to really get into it, and I finally did, and I played all three of them. I'm ready for that new expansion that's coming out with Idris Alba in it. I'm so yeah. excited for that, and I'm not a first person shooter guy well i can't say that anymore i cannot say that anymore i played quite a few fps games now it's like i can't traditionally it, helped. i'm not right like traditionally and originally i wasn't but they yeah yeah this this they you know cyberpunk brought me to the light the storytelling and everything was just so awesome so. cyberpunk that's a that's hilarious so that came out like two years ago around this time the reason why well, i remember yeah, this yep the reason mm-hmm. why i remember that is because so it, it was coming out on a Friday, and I pre-ordered it yeah. on um, Amazon, and mm-hmm. they actually sent it a couple days early. Oh. Yeah, but but I had plans <laughs> with someone, and I'm like, okay, got to go out, do what I got to do. I'll be back home later tonight. I'm thinking I'm going to be home right. at like you know, 1, 2 in the morning or something like that. <laughs> Two days later... <laughs> I just hung out with with this person for like just a few days, right? Just like because it was right. the first time we've seen each other forever, and uh, yeah, it's just like fuck. So yeah, that early window that I had with Cyberpunk was just blown away. But uh, and it's bad because once you're in, like CD Projekt Red makes games that abso- that, that are, like they suck you in, like that and Witcher Three Wild Hunt is games that like you better not have anything else to do. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So right now, <laughs> the game that I'm playing right now is Guardians of the Galaxy. I played oh, about yes. the first two hours, three hours of that game when it came out. My brother got that yeah. for me for my birthday last year. And I forget yeah. what why I stopped playing that game. There, there was a reason. I, oh, yeah. Returnal. It was Returnal. When I got Returnal, uh, yeah. I just went right on Returnal. And that was yeah. that for Guardians. And I honestly forgot that I even owned it. I have my games in this like uh, little box and I was yeah. going through that box because I'm like, okay, now I'm going to catch up on TV. That's not wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that's not like, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, um, and and video games. And that's and I found that. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to play this. Oh, it's been so much fun. So much fun. It It's awesome. It is. It was actually, it, and funny thing, it came out the same year as Marvel Avengers. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about that is that nobody knew that this game was, coming out that you know who was it Ito's Montreal yeah that came out that did this um that they were doing this and they did all the right moves they did everything opposite of what um with uh what Marvel Avengers did or Crystal Dynamics did with yes. that and they didn't announce it they didn't hype it up and then they didn't say anything until they were absolutely ready to bring this out and when they did it was awesome the experience was great the story was great it didn't I played through the whole entire game with any glitches or bugs at all. Um, it was phenomenal. And they, and they won an award that year. Yeah. Unlike Marvel Avengers did. Like, yep. right now, you can play Marvel Avengers because it's, it's way better than it was before. And you can enjoy all the stories and every all the extra content that they have is free. They better for what they put people through. Right. <laughs> and But it's still like, it is, it's, now a, it's now an enjoyable game to play. I will say that. So I, I, I like I, I got it when it came out. I just never opened it. It was still in the plastic. Yeah. You know what's another game that is still in the plastic? And I'm like, how did I not play this? Uh, <laughs> the latest Assassin's Creed, the one that came out two years ago with the PS5. Right. 
You know, don't worry about it because I've never played one Assassin's Creed game ever. I pl- I played the first one, mm-hmm. and I got so bored because it was like the same shit over and <laughs> that over. That was that was what my that was my fear. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I didn't was get horrible. the premise of it. I didn't understand the the gist of it, and I hate I hate most stealth games. If it's Same. not Batman or Spider-Man, I'm I'm not a big on stealth because not everybody does stealth and make stealth fun. Batman and Spider-Man are so much fun in stealth. Splinter Cell never got into those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Metal Gear different. That's a the Kojima experience is a different experience, right? It is. It is. I I, I again just that he's the innovator of the stealth. Yeah. Um. I. Don't play all Metal Gear uh, Solid games, but I, because again, this is like the Gran Turismo thing. I had to buy it out of respect because I respect Kojima's legacy and what he did. I said I had to play at least one and beat one Metal Gear Solid game. And it's stupid me of all the, all the games to actually play. I played Snake Eater where, where Snake has no gear. Yep, <laughs> he's going through. The, he has no like all the tech that he had before. I went and played that one, but I beat it. It was awesome. I give it. I give it credit. <laughs> the story was was really good. Oh, the Metal Gear stories are great. It's like a lot yeah. of people didn't like Death Stranding, and I'm like, how much time did you give that game? Right. Like, like yeah, the first I would say five to ten hours are pretty boring. It's repetitive because you're literally you have no gear. Lucky, it takes you, you're, yeah. you're UPS, right? You're you're futuristic. Right. <laughs> you're the mailman. You're Kevin Costner's the mailman. Honestly, right? right? So I, I understood people's complaints, but when that story got into it, man, mm-hmm. it was just an amazing game. Amazing game. Cannot I'm wait just for amazed, the movie. And that's which is astounding me that they are coming out with a sequel. So hopefully they'll not do the same. They can't do the same thing that they did the first time. And they can't. They got to step it up at this point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that at least you're hoping, right? At least you're hoping. <laughs> um, before we continue talking about the video game week that you've had, uh, Justice League Must Die, that new trailer. Wait, which one? Justice League Must Die, the new trailer for that one. Well, not the the teaser, I guess, that came out for the video game awards. Yeah, it it was. The, are you talking about the one that they showed at the game awards? Yes. Heart heartwarming as right hell because you heard the voice. And it was like, that could be, if that's not Troy Baker, that can only be Kevin Conroy. And then for them to announce that this is his last performance as the bat, it was like, it was tear jerking. Yep. It, it really they, was. They did it justice. They, no pun intended. I really, I, I already said I was going to get it in the first place. And Same. also, by the way, you, shout out to here, Samoa Joe as a uh, Sure King. Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. Too. So, exactly. so, um, yeah, I've always been, and it is, it is connected to the, um, to the Arkham it is. world as well. So that's going to be something to look forward to. But I am so excited for that game. You, you, uh, you man, <laughs> I know they're going to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are complaining about Gotham Knights. Uh, that's oh, God, next. I love that game. My, that's next on my list. Right after I finish uh, Guardians, I'm dear, jumping to Gotham Knights. Here's the, here's what I'll tell you why, because I did this review already. And anybody that can listen to my review, go to talktimelive.com and check it out. But I... Here's my perspective and why people should look at it in a different perspective real quick. It's not Arkham. Yes. <laughs> and people went in expecting Arkham. Yep. It is an action RPG. The play, the control schemes, the button mapping, everything. It's targeted. It's created. It's designed 
to be an action RPG with RPG elements. It's not totally action-based. So if you approach it in that sense, you will enjoy the game. You will enjoy the story and everything on it. And especially the fact that if you're a comic book fan, you'll enjoy that it's the all the design all the the costume designs and everything was inspired by Jim Lee. And, and Jim Lee actually has some uh, of his designs in there. Yep. So I loved it. I actually uh, played it twice already. Nice. Amazing. And it is really an enjoyable experience if you look at it in a different way. Yes, I wanted Gotham too, but I had to, you know, stop. I had to step back. I'm like, this is not an Arkham game. This is, I, I need to look at this in a totally different approach to button mapping. Everything is just laid out to be a RPG. So if you take it at that, you'll enjoy it much more. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think the marketing screwed up on that one, right? They really should have marketed I totally it agree. as its own thing. And really, I, I like, mentioned they that did. Too. They did, but they should have really made, like, hammered down. This is not Arkham. Exactly. And, you know, you're absolutely 200% right on that. They they dropped the ball on that point. And make it, I think the idea was to make people believe that it was Arkham inspired. Yes. And I think that was that's misleading to people. And I think they still would have accepted it had they said this is a whole new experience, a whole new way of playing. And it, if you if you looked at some of the um the websites that you know where you could buy it or or their website, it not until later they started mentioning that this is an action RPG. Yeah. And yep. not an action adventure game. And that's two different things. Action adventure games are different from action RPGs. So remember that, folks. Big time. Big time. All right. One last thing. Uh, nephew messaged me like 6 a.m. on Friday. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he has school. Um, he's like, I, Uncle, I just finished God of War Ragnarok. I wept oh. a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to play this. <laughs> you will. You will not only that because Christopher uh, Judge also if you if you watched the Game Awards and saw his speech, yep. it was awesome. That man, and you understand why he won. I actually voted for the, uh, for the actor for uh, Sonny uh, Sujic because I thought he stepped out, uh, he stepped in a little bit more. But I'm not mad at um, Christopher Judge uh, winning that at all, and it was great because we got a great speech out of it. Yeah, yeah. But it, he's it, the game is awesome. All right, what else do you have going on on your side of the world over there at Talk Time Live? I would just pretty much say uh, I got River City Girls 2, which is from way forward. I ha- I had the guys behind it uh, like some- earlier this year talking about it because they did River City Girls 0. If you don't know, River City Girls is a spinoff from River City Ransom. And the Kunio Khan game series this is like this is for the old school retro hardcore, you know, guys. So the way forward is one of the most awesome indie developing companies out there. Uh, they worked with so many other different people. They were responsible. They got really kind of got famous when they did um, the remastered DuckTales game. Yes. And, and it was fantastic. And, and, and they do the Shanti games and everything. So I, I know those guys a lot. I've talked. I have had uh, quite a few of those guys on my show before. And River City Girls finally came out this week. So I am going to be reviewing that next week. Uh, along with talking about a little bit more on the uh, Street Fighter beta uh, experience there. So um, if you guys want Adam Tierney and Ben and Rudis are the guys behind River City Girls 2. If you're fans of that game, I got an interview with them that you can check out on TalkTimeLive.com. And um, it's just awesome. And, and after that, I'm I'm chilling for the rest of the time because I'm as of today, when we get off, I'm probably going to beat uh, finally finish uh, Marvel Midnight Suns as well, which also is a really good tactical RPG game. Fantastic by the guys who made XCOM. Yep. 
I'm hearing good. I'm re- hearing really good things about that game. And then also, I will say, I am going to be grading the 2002 uh, side of the Phase Four of Marvel uh, Studios uh, kind of, um, shows and movies. So, going to look back at all that, see nice. what I think of it all. <laughs> that that's that's going to be a hell of an undertaking because uh, it was a shit show <laughs> to say the least. Up and down, very up and down. I shouldn't say shit show, but it was very right. very up and down, right? Shit show will be DC Studios. It <laughs> has not gotten there. A whole <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally dedicating a whole show to that very subject. You very much should. It's therapy. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, man, on the SNME side, man, so on Thursday, we recorded the best and the worst of 2022. Uh, yes. So that's going to be coming out Sunday, December 25th, and Sunday, January 1st. So on Christmas and New Year's, Christmas, you're going to get the best. New Year's, you're going to get the worst. Honestly, it was such a fun time we were so tired by the end we were so tired by the end (laughs) five hours right it took us five hours to get through both episodes you did it all in one swoop and cut it in half yep you did the matrix thing yep we did (laughs) did the matrix and end games thing it's like just just film it all in one spot yeah back to the future (laughs) after that yep (laughs) (laughs) well it, it gives us a break right like especially mike and uh it gives everyone a nice little break for those Christmas weeks and then back in, yeah. we'll be back in January like full swing all the podcasts will still be around the hosts might uh, switch it up a little bit depending on who's yeah. around but yeah the, the main show will be the best and the worst and all the podcasts will still be around uh, including this one and you'll probably be on again uh, so <laughs> which you know I gotta say first of all thank you for allowing me to you know team up with you on these shows this year it's been one of my highlights Two. I have always wanted to participate in that best and worst. So I'm glad I was able to uh, enter my vote and, you know, decide uh, decisions on what was the best and worst this year. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there were some in the worst that I'm like, wow, the patrons. <laughs> like, there was one category. I'm not going to say which one, where all of us mm-hmm. are like, you patrons are insane. You patrons are wrong. <laughs> Wait, is is Dale Lebrinsky with you guys on these on, yep. the, um, on these shows? Yep, he's kind of the spirit of the best and the worst. I gotta he say, is. I've 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 one of the most enjoyable episodes. I would say is if not certain pay per views that um, the law used to cover, it was definitely the best and the worst because Jason Agnew and and um, and um, Dale Lebrinsky, Dale Lebrinsky, the way he reacts to certain things is hilarious yep <laughs> so i always look reactions. forward to that i always look forward to his his worst sometimes but i also appreciate his best yep. uh decisions as well so it's it's very entertaining every yep. year you guys always it's it's tradition and there's tons <laughs> of promotions being represented uh you know it's it's kind of funny like yeah stardom's getting some love other promotions oh, nice. are getting some hate so yeah it's, it's a really good time really fun episode cannot wait and we also have video of everything. So you're not oh. only are you going to be getting the full uncut versions, you will also be able to watch us just laugh half the time um, and <laughs> yell at each other the other half the time uh, as we run through our best and the worst of 2022. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be a ton of fun. Tons of fun. So we recorded it all in one sitting on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Awesome. On the halfway point. 
we had a small break. During that break, I actually did a costume change so that in the video, it looks like it's the following week. <laughs> a little behind the, uh, behind the scenes snippet, people. Yep, exactly, exactly. I'm like, you know what? Just just because I know we're going to be releasing this like when the podcast is released, so I'm going to do a costume change. <laughs> I even changed like, my awesome. backlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You thought ahead. I dig that. I respect that. Yep. All right, so let's talk some. Um, all right, so before we talk about wrestling, there is one quick thing, not quick thing, an important thing that I really want to talk about. And I kind of ran it by you, and it's something that really I always love talking about this time of year, especially. The holidays are super difficult for some people, right? Like, some of us are blessed to have a family. Some of us are blessed to have extended family. But there are people who this time of year, it can just it just doesn't go well for them for one reason or another. Right. And especially nowadays, like we all especially the people who watch and listen to these shows. I find yeah. that sometimes there's that pressure of us for the most part. It's the majority of men and you know, I always find that pressure of, you know, men must be men, right? Like, you're not allowed yeah. to say how you actually feel. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And especially around this time of the year, I see, like, I've seen some people just go through some really insane stuff. You know, on the news earlier this week, we saw some Been tragic news. Some yeah. tragic news, right? And, like, people who you would never assume that something like this could happen to, right? It's just, it's happening more and more. It's just something that I, I like to talk about. And I talk, I'll happily talk about my struggles, right? Like, it's hard sometimes. Like, it's really freaking hard sometimes. Like, I'm convinced that I keep myself so busy sometimes just so that I don't think about certain things, right? Um, it, yeah. it, it's not healthy, but that's just no. <laughs> that's kind of how I deal with stuff. Um, and, and it really, you know, we're obviously talking about mental health. So, you know, I hope that these shows give everyone the entertainment. I hope that these shows, you know, you can relate to us or you can swear at us or yell at us and have fun with us, laugh with us and enjoy us. Um, but just remember, you know, one thing that I've always appreciated about SNME uh, whatever in iteration of it, whether I was on or not, was you can always contact the hosts, and we're ha like we're we're a message away, right? And and right. and most of us are responding to listeners. And honestly, if you ever in at any point just need someone to chat to, just reach out to me on Facebook. I'm always I'm like the most like you message me randomly, and I'm like responded. Within seconds, right. the first time we started right. talking, right? And that's how I am with everyone. Like, I know that this time of year is super difficult for some people. Um, so, you know, if you just need if you just need a conversation, if you want to geek out about wrestling, TV, comics, whatever, yeah, I'm your boy. <laughs> and I definitely appreciate when you approach it to me. It was, it was really coincidental that you approached it to me because prior to, I also do this on the show, too. I, you know, I've run my own Facebook group, roughly a little over 2000, like you guys. And, um, I, I, I am the man up top looking at people and observing things and observing, you know, activities and, 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 uh, reactions to people. And, you know, not that I'm psychoanalyzing by any sense, but I, I noticed it and as somebody who actually, you know, decided to get therapy himself to, because everything that I do is like, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of pressure. And I'm like, I've dealt with that in my high school years where if you keep it in, you're going to explode. 
Yep. And that I did. And in the worst way, and it almost cost me my life doing so. Um, a life that I value pretty a lot, a hell of a lot. And I go through my trials and tribulations too. So I do make critical thinking decisions to say like, I value my life and I want to save it. I need to reach out to somebody to help me vent all this out if possible, you know, especially when I, people are coming to me to do so as well. So I tell people, especially during the holidays, like it could be, like you said, it could be stressful and a lot of people pressure because you got to meet this criteria of celebrating the holidays with everybody. Not everybody wants to celebrate the holidays. First of all, not everybody can enjoy that. I grew up a Jehovah's witness. I don't know if you guys, do y'all have that in Canada? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Oh, they, they knock on the door over there too. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I used to um I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. So I couldn't celebrate in that in those type of festivities. And by the time I could, it was like I, I it was like it was too late. It was like I didn't enjoy it. And then, you know, family issues aside growing up and everything, I didn't have that same type of deal. So I handle the holidays a little differently for everybody else. So I understand completely how it is. And you can say like you know, I appreciate, I don't want to, you know, mess up your deal, but this is not my thing and it's okay. It's okay yep. if you don't want to celebrate the holidays. Um, but what is not okay is that you keeping it to yourself and feeling that you're in a dark place. And like Boris said, if you do, don't be afraid to reach out to anybody that you feel that you trust. And if, if you don't, there are helplines, there are, uh, you know, people that can help you free therapy sessions or whatnot. You know, there's so many ways that you can help your mental, your mental help and help preserve and value yourself. You are of a value. Don't be afraid. Don't isolate yourself. Cause from a psychological standpoint, that is really an unhealthy thing to do. Yep. And we find, I find that we do that a lot on social media and it's not what social media was originally intended for. Exactly. We, we, we focus more on the media and way less on the social. We yep. need to change. We need to turn that around. Agreed. That's why I'm really fortunate to be able to talk to a Boris or a Mike or an Andrew um, or anybody out there that I get to talk to because I, we want to create this community of what we love, but also we want to make sure everybody's, you know, okay. And make sure everybody's happy, not just the holidays, all times. All year. So yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to anybody, any of us, because yep. that's what we're here for. We're not superstars. We're normal people. That's that's exactly it, man. That that's exactly it. Like I always say, I'm just lucky enough to be talking into a microphone and people right. listen, right? Like that that's literally the only difference. But, you know, I've talked about it on a bam a few times, my struggles and stuff. And the reason why I bring that up is I I don't look for any sympathy. People it's funny, like I am the last person that wants to be the center of attention, believe it or not. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. not that type of person whatsoever. But I am the type of person that am willing to help other people, to listen to other people, to do whatever I can to other people, right? Like, right. like whatever people need, I am there for them, right? So yeah. I feel like if I talk about my struggles or my, my stories, that it might help people and, and realize that, hey, I can talk about this. It's not this, mm-hmm. uh, this echo chamber like it used to be, right? It's not taboo as it used to be. Right, exactly. So. Oh, no, I, I deeply appreciate my therapist, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I he is there to just not like listen to my knees. He's there to also put me in my place of me being, you know, just put me in the center of, you know, everything. And yep. it's just it's it's such a valuable thing. Don't think that therapy is not for you. It is for everybody. <laughs> yep. And there's I embrace people, it because it helps me. It helps me. It helps me like enjoy life. 
exactly. There's I know a lot of people who are gym rats, and you know they 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 they're, they're perfectly fit physically, um, but you know there's also the mental health that we have to take care of as well, right? There's the strongest looking person with the strongest exterior may have the softest soul. That's and exactly it. The soul that the soul that can't really have the same issues that everybody else has. Yep. So reach out to Don't people. be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid to extend to those who may need it. Especially the strong ones. Yep. That's <laughs> As exactly Kendrick it. Lamar would actually put it. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> it. All right. Just wanted to quickly talk about that. So let us jump into Rampage. And I feel like this is actually right. gonna be pretty fast, just because again, look. The past few weeks, you know the formula is it's not the formula is not changing because your main no. match is still first. Great, I still think that what Tony Khan needs to do is add. I'm not going to say as big of a match as that opener, but the main event needs to be bigger than what we got last night. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, it's I, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to be. He's trying to differentiate uh, differentiate himself. And be a contrast to what the WWE does because it, it, I think it is an importance that he does this in the sense that you want people to know that there's not one way of doing things. Yes. I understand that. With that said, I wouldn't mind them going back and forth every week to change things up because, yeah, yeah what, you, what we are seeing is a pattern now. For what has this been like four weeks now? It's been for about four we're weeks. Seeing and overall, big main the, event ver- with people that we know to a, to a, not so main event with somebody that we know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is fine. You know, they take the Saturday night's main event approach, right? Where your biggest match yes. is first because you're trying to keep those viewers and that first quarter hour rating is going to probably be your largest one. But then I find, yeah. you know, you put, God bless them, but Britt Baker versus Sky Blue in the right after. And it's like, I'm curious to see how many people dropped off. And it gets to me because... I feel like the, the, the people who are like the anti-women's wrestling, they have so much ammo when they look at the ratings, but it's like you have to see the big picture. Yeah. Right? I, I feel no, I, that's absolutely true. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's, 2023, there needs to be a major format change, and hopefully that is the case. Yep, hopefully with new sets and designs and whatever they're going to bring in 2023, as seems to be rumored, uh, they bring in new other stuff. And I think that's what AEW needs right now. Let's completely rid ourselves of 2022. Because 2022 Mm -hmm. was not an ideal year for AEW. It almost was, and didn't something just happen? I don't know to which I can't figure it out, but (laughs) just turned them upside down. That that, that three-year momentum just went total... uh, Total flip side. Yeah. Oh. All right. So let's talk about the first match. And the first match was a lot of fun. As yeah. You know, you know. here's the thing. Sammy Guevara, I think a lot of people just hate him for one reason or another. Uh, but they forget that he's a super talented guy. I think that once he matures a little bit more, he's going to get the respect he deserves uh, from yeah. everyone. He's going he's gonna to be like that Shawn Michaels type career, right? Where the <laughs> older he gets, the more respect he's going to get because he's going to chill out. Um, right. So the opening match, before that, actually, I should talk about the fact that we had Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone on commentary. I still think it should be two-man, but if you're going to do three-man on Rampage, use these three. No, Jericho. Yeah. It doesn't need to be four people. Just, no. Just let, let's, let's keep it 
easy going and it's kind of like the commentary was overall relatively good on this show uh so i was happy about that first match john moxley sammy guevara i think the talk of the night was uh moxley's ear yeah what was going on there <laughs> yeah it was I, uh i just turned around for a second and i'm like he just if he bleeds if you blow on him know, right <laughs> It's exactly. like every week. Exactly. Like, hey, what's going on, Pluck? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. So this match, this match, I like this match. Okay, so one thing about this match that I'm I'm not sure whether I liked or not. And I'll tell you, mm. and you can tell me what I should think. And that okay. is, there was a lot of high intense moves. Like, there were superplexes, there were Spanish flies, there yeah. was lariats. But I found that. In this, for the sake of moving to the next move or telling the story that these guys are going at an 11, they no-sold a lot in the later stages of the match. I would say, I, I would definitely agree with that. I didn't think about that, but um, when you think about it, it more was a spot show, more or less. But with that said, the spots that were done, especially on the case of Sammy Guevara, I thought he did. He was really on point with this. Like he landed everything as great as he could possibly can. But at the end of the day, like that's all I remember. I don't remember any the like there was no chain wrestling. There was no, you know, um, any like back and forth in a sense that you remember that would tell a story or there was no injuries to say I, other than the air bleeding situation. Yeah, it's not much to remember in a sense, but you just know the overall feel was like it was a fun match. It was a watchable and fun, enjoyable match. That was exactly my takeaway. So they did a couple back and forth back rakes. They go to commercial. When we get back from uh, commercial, Guevara's already ripped the ear, the earring off Moxley's ear. Then he starts punching and biting it to the point where Guevara had Moxley's blood in his tongue. Tay Mello then rubbed <laughs> Moxley's blood on her face, and then they make out because you know that's the safest thing that you can possibly do with someone That's pretty much a menage a trois if I ever saw one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Not one that I would recommend. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's like some, uh, oh, what's that movie? Or some with, Lost uh, Boys type menage. Yes. <laughs> or some, uh, Nick, what was that Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise movie? Oh, well, uh, wait, was it Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide or? Shut. Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that happened. Then, all right, so then Moxley, um, the, so that distraction of them making out gave Moxley time to get up. He dives to the outside onto Guevara. Moxley then gets Guevara back in the ring. He starts punching the back of his head just like a madman. It was crazy, these unprotected punches. Can I, can I stop you right of there course. for one second? Okay. This Moxley does this a lot, and it always pisses me off. And I want to tell people why who does not watch real com, uh, combat sports like MMA or whatever. Hitting in the back of the head is like the considered the most illegal thing you could ever do in, in mixed martial arts. Why? Yep. Because you could legitimately enter somebody neck and spine doing that. That was always said. It was it was always advocated on mixed martial arts that it's illegal to do that. You'll get immediately disqualified. I get it that this is wrestling, but wrestling kind of plays off of real sports. So I Moxley hasn't been known to do this a lot in his in his uh, matches. And I'm surprised of all people, Jim Ross doesn't point this out because he is a mixed martial arts fan. And I was surprised he missed out. Meanwhile, I watched New Japan Pro Wrestling when um, they Will Ospreay did the exact same thing to Red Shoes' son. I forgot his name. 
And Kevin Kelly, by God, I give him full credit for this. He absolutely, he sold how unethical that was to do. I need AEW commentators to do the same thing. It actually brings more drama to the situation. It's not even the fact that they do it. It's the fact that it's not a big deal when they do it. Here's the thing. You should call it out saying that bastard. What is he doing? He can like break the guy's neck. It makes the wrestling in the ring look that much tougher. Exactly. It, it's, it's a story point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So glad you, you just brought throw that it up. away. Yep. So <laughs> there's a reason why, you know, the, 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 yeah, there's, yeah. Anyways, Moxley goes for a German <laughs> suplex. Sammy lands on his feet, um, goes to the top rope, does a leaping cutter for a two count. Uh, he, Beautiful. Yeah, it was really good. Guevara was on point in this match. This is the Guevara that I want to see week in and week out. Here's the funny thing. You say you say Shawn Michaels. He gets X he doesn't get exactly what we used to call X Pac heat at the moment. I don't think he's that bad. I think people just like booing him. But I think he needs to get Rob Van Dam heat. Yes. He is he if he if he channels Rob Van Dam, especially at ECW Rob Van Dam. Let him embrace. Rob Van Dam was he did not care what the crowd said. He just embraced it. People hated him, but he kept backing him himself up by winning every single match, getting being the television champion for all a course of two years. Two, yep, yep. And they started respecting him right after that. Like if Sammy channels that, oh, he's going to be the man. Oh yeah, exactly. And I, again, I think this is going to come with a maturity, right? Like there's a lot of backstage yeah. stuff that Sammy has been known for, right, and that people yeah. talk about and report on, and you know. Whatever. Uh, so yeah. Moxley, uh, yeah. So he goes for the GTH. Moxley counters it, but doesn't matter because Kuvar counters that counter into a counter. Drops Moxley down, locks in the walls of Jericho. Moxley rolls out of it and kicks Sammy in the head yet again. The two guys now are on their feet, trading elbows. Moxley hits a curb stomp out of nowhere and got a very close pin attempt. Moxley then is ready to turn this match up a notch. Goes to the outside and he sets up a table. Guevara cuts him off, uh, kicks him, puts him on the table. He goes to the top uh, rope, and I love how he does the "I'm fucking crazy" and he does a swanton right <laughs> through the table through Moxley. He rolls Moxley again back. beautifully. Oh yeah, again, just beautifully executed. He rolls- was he was on point that whole entire night. That was the one thing I took away that I took away from. Yep, Moxley, uh, sorry, Guevara rolls Moxley back into the ring. Um, he tr- hits a crossbody, but Moxley rolls, and this is, again, this is now the no-selling, hits the crossbody after all that, but Moxley just rolls through, begins stomping on Guevara. Uh, straight from the stomps, Moxley hit a pile driver on Guevara for another close pin attempt. Moxley now with a bulldog choke, but Guevara rolled out of it. Moxley hit a lariat right after, but Sammy hit a death rider. Again, just all of this back to back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, a now beat up Guevara went to the top, hit a senton for another close pin. He then continues his attack as he put Moxley on the top rope. He went for a superplex. Moxley counters, but Guevara came back with a Spanish fly off the top. But Moxley rolls through the Spanish fly, makes Sammy t- uh, tap out or pass out, I should say, via a bulldog choke in 15 minutes, 35 seconds. Excellent match. Excellent way Excellent. to start the show. I will say the one negative I had from this is based around the storytelling, not the match. Yeah. We didn't mention Daniel Garcia. Mm. 
Daniel Garcia, they're doing, I can't believe that they're recycling what seems to be a face turn again yep. of Daniel Garcia in his, you know, his uh, situation with the uh, JSA. And I'm like, I joked around on it on the, in the uh, uh, Sunday Night's Made Event uh, group page. And I'm like, the Big Show Award goes to, right. <laughs> because I'm seeing this back and forth. Like, why didn't they just stay consistent? Let him be with the uh, with the combat club and go from there. Yep. Because I feel like he lost momentum doing this. Oh, since Toronto, he lost a shit ton of momentum, right? Like, it's crazy. Right. And I guess what restarted this was on uh, Monday when they had that quick backstage promo and Jericho is like, hey, you know, Sammy Guevara is not going to be your mentor. Listen to everything right. he has to say. So then during this match, he's watching the monitor. He's watching his mentor get his ass kicked. So I kind of like that aspect of it. But right. maybe, I guess... They're going to tell a larger story now where he's going to go through Sammy Guevara and to get to Jericho. I hope that's the case, but I hope it is. I hope it just makes sense because it, right now it just doesn't. It's like yep. you wasted all this time. You had the crowd behind you and then it just took the wind out of everybody when he went back. And then he just felt like he was back in the shadows, even though he had the pure uh, the ROH pure title next to him. Yep, it did exactly. nothing for him. Exactly. That's exactly it. All right, after the match, a bloody Moxley gets on the mic, calls out Adam Page. Moxley says that it is he isn't hard to find on a Friday night. I kind of like that line because he's like, you're <laughs> yeah. going to be seeing me on Rampage more, guys. Um, that is pretty cool. <laughs> Page then comes out pushing past Evil Uno. He and Moxley meet 50-50 up the ramp, and they brawl as security and suits come out to try to restore order to this crazy, crazy segment. Yeah, uh, segment the post segment was good too. I liked the storyline that's going on right now with uh, with Hangman, and he's uh, he's doing what people are wanting him to do is starting to talk about his situation because he I don't think he gets enough credit about how he is able to narrate his promos to the direction that the story needs to go, and he does a pretty good job. I agree. Surya with a message to Jamie Hayter, so they get a video package airing Surya's time in AEW. She then talks straight to the camera saying that she's coming for Jamie Hayter and the AEW Women's Championship. And that's that. <laughs> Is it too early? Do you think it's too early for Surya getting oh, a shot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hayter needs to just, Hayter needs to be Hayter and dominate just all over the place. I think... This is the time when we need to see a lot more hater. They need to establish her as a badass to the point that once she loses that title to whoever, um, she's still established. Like she, I, she has not been able to shine as much as she has. And I feel like it's, we're finally starting to get to see more of her. I've seen her. I like, I, I always say, and I hate to, you know, you know, put it in this phrase, but I hate to see pillow fighting in the women's division. Yeah, I agree. I Jamie agree. Hayter does not pillow fight. She no. throws down. She wrestles as good as the guys do. She is an athlete, and I want to see more of that. She wrestles in Japan. She wrestles everywhere, and she, you could tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want exactly. to see more of that, and they need to establish that. I think she's going to be a great representation if they allow her to be, and they get the right people, um, you know, uh, facing her. That's that, but that, that's the thing, right? This is the, this is where the questionable booking of the entire women's division comes back into play. Is yeah. I feel like, you know, it's they have the remember in Tiny Toons or not Tiny Toons? What was it? Uh, Animaniacs, the wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. 
<laughs> turn, I kind of feel, turn. yeah, I kind of feel like that's how they book the women's division here in AEW. Is who is that's Jamie Hayter gonna face? You know, nice reference. I knew you'd appreciate it. It's better than saying good news, bad news. Yes. Oh, uh, I'm still trying to work in uh, elevator, go down the hole at some oh, point. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, that you could have done that a year ago with WWE. Yeah. <laughs> WWE goes down the hole. Vince goes down the hole. Yeah. Angles go down the hole. Like you could have just, you, you could have ran the whole entire <sighs> 2020 and 2021 on that note. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Gotta or, the an, or the Anvilania song. Yes. <laughs> Oh, love that. I love that. All right. FTR. I'm going to move on because we can just, yeah, we won't stop. FTR's incredible 2022 is now the focus. Back from the break, FTR's in the ring. Cash starts out by saying last week sucked. They lost their ROH Tag Team Championships. Cash said Dax broke his ass bone as Dax mooned the crowd. Cash said I want to point out I'm actually perfectly fine here. <laughs> cash <laughs> true enough uh cash said they feel like they uh, let the fans down he said the fans have lifted them all year and losing last week made them feel like they let the fans down cash went on to say that it's one of it's been one of the best years of his life and they owe the fans everything the crowd starts chanting you deserve it cash said it was a legacy year and God damn, do I agree. Uh, Cash said a couple of kids with daddy issues have their attention now, and the Gun Brothers won't kill their legacy. Dax spoke and talked about how after their match with the Briscoes, his daughter told him people like him. Dax said he couldn't figure out why people like them. Dax said since he was eight years old, he just wanted to make people feel the passion he has for professional wrestling. Dax said on Wednesday, they're going to do what daddy ass should have done a long time ago, which is kick their ass. And every time you say the name, uh, that name, I keep thinking it's me that you're talking about. I know, right? A lot of ways, <laughs> a lot of ways it kind of is. <laughs> but the one thing that I love about, and it's always funny to hear me say, almost like I'm talking to third person. Every time I talk about, you know, hear Dax's promo, it's so genuine. It's so, it's like he's really just. Is. There is there is no character in him. It's like he's literally talking to you as if you're right there next to him at a gathering or a party or whatever like that. And that's him talking to you. And it, I, you don't get that much. And when he start bringing up his personal information, it's like, he really brings you in to make you feel what he feels. And he's like, just, you have these conversations with people all the time. And mm-hmm. it's, it, I love the way he does that. Um, yeah. They had a hell of a year and there's no way, even if they happen to go back to WWE, there's no way they can have the year that they had there that they had on AEW because with all those titles that they had, you'll never see that in WWE. No, ever, no, no. ever. <laughs> I, ever, I, ever, I do ever. wish that. Yeah. I do wish that they could have actually had the, all the titles like and do a total, um, uh, ultimate dragon deal, yes. like J cup still like deal. But you know, it was a hard situation. You don't want to mess with the acclaim. Yeah. I get it. But I wouldn't mind a mess with the ass boys because I, I just need them to get that situation done and over and move on to the next whatever. <laughs> yeah, but that what is that next whatever, right? Like that that's that's the thing. I kind of feel like they're always this is the first time that I feel like they have something to do on Dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. 
something meaningful as opposed to some ra- random I'm helping my boys out or whatever, right? Like it's yeah. it's yeah. Tier's position has been really weird on Dynamite. So after the match on Wednesday, you know, I'm pretty sure Dan and Joe are going to be talking about it. And I'm going to yeah. pose the question to them to talk about it. And that's what's next for FTR. Well, here's my question to that. Was Sam Punk anything involved with them? Because we did see at some point that they were kind of on a six man kick or together somewhere. Was there any plans? Do you know if there was any plans of them being connected to him so they can probably even work in the you know six man division or what? I'm sure that I'm sure that that was the plan, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. that at some point that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and and I'm pretty sure that them being so connected to Punk, you know, they kind of got uh, sidetracked a little bit because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it, it just kind of sucks seeing the most talented tag team literally being used secondary. It really is. Especially, I mean, there are actually pretty damn good. They still have, believe it or not, they do have a healthy tag division. Yes. You know, I mean, I know the House the house of Black uh, is doing their thing right now and ransacking everything. They got to reestablish themselves and all this stuff. Wouldn't mind seeing the tag uh, team match against uh, them and FTR at some point. Um yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, the Luchas back with them again, let them do them. I mean, there's so much potential out there. The JSA working with, I mean, they, you can mix and match. It's mm-hmm. just, they're stuck on so many, so many stories right now. It, it's a progress. And we, we, we who live in a short attention society want things to happen now. I miss the Crockett era where we just let things pace. Yeah. You're never going to get that in the, in the social media era. No, we are not, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Jade Cargill is bickering with her baddies. She finally talks into the camera and delivers a message to oh, forgot about this to Bow Wow. <laughs> she says the next time he gets in her business, he'll be hearing from her lawyer, Mark Sterling. So this is the thing. Did, They're literally going right? to go with Did, this. Wait, am I right? Didn't she fire Mark? Oh, no, she didn't. Actually, she it didn't. was um, it was what's his name that she uh, fired uh, Stokely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was funny because I mentioned on the group page, I was like, where's Bow Wow in all this? Like, they haven't mentioned him in weeks and then he pops up. I'm like, all right, I was just joking. We had to bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever shit talk WWE for using Bad Bunny. Very true. <laughs> all right. Britt Baker versus Sky Blue is next. This match only went six minutes, 14 seconds. It felt like 20 minutes, though. It really wasn't the best (laughs) of matches. Like, it really wasn't. Um, The pacing was off. The chemistry was off. But you know what? Both women tried. And and, and they they did better than you or I could probably do in the ring. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it was just a... For Rampage being that show where just everything happens, 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 this match really felt really slow. Um... And also, in that six minutes, literally, so I'm, I will read to you my mm-hmm. Slam Wrestling report, which you can catch okay. at slamwrestling.net. This is literally all I got from this match. Britt gets the TV intro while already in the ring is her opponent, Sky Blue. The match starts, and Baker gets off to an early advantage. Soon, though, we see Blue start to fight back, but we head to mid-match commercial. Back from the break, we see Rebel... Help Baker get her glove on for the lockjaw. Blue avoids it, but ends up getting stomped with a curb stomp, and Baker goes for the pin and scores the win. And the problem, what I told, the exact thing that I said Jamie Hader wasn't, 
Sky Blue is. Sky Blue is good. She or she's getting good and she's aiming to be better every time, but she needs she definitely needs to have more confidence in what she does and more accuracy to what she does. When she took that curb stomp, it didn't look good. It didn't. When she was doing certain moves, it was like she was doing, you know, you ever, you know how to, you know, you, you know, when you had to learn how to dance back in the day mm-hmm. and it had that little like twister, you know, platform in the bottom and you had to, it was almost like dance dance revolution yep. where she was just trying to find the right place. The, the super kick that she did didn't sell. It looked light. Like she just tapped her forehead with it or whatever like that. It didn't look like she put any force to it. And I feel like she's holding back. She is. And look, I see, I've seen yeah. her in some India of some indie matches of hers. And she's so much better yeah. on the indie circuit. Like it's I've seen night clips and too, and I'm like, where's this? Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, people need to be a little more tranquilo when they try to compare Sky Blue to Roxanne Perez. If she's uh and forgive me. Forgive Roxy. me, listeners. I'm I don't Roxy okay. from ROH. NXT champ now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I've heard many things about her. I think I think I might have seen her once with the last match that she did at ROH. So yeah, with Willow, she's a yeah. she, she may be a prodigy. Oh, she from is. what I understand. Oh, she is big time, <laughs> big time, big time, big time, big time. All right, after the match, Baker puts the lockjaw on Sky Blue. She wasn't letting go. Hikaru Shida comes out and chases off Baker, Rebel, and Hater, your AEW Women's Champion. One face chases off three <laughs> heels including your champion i didn't like that i mean it's more of an i like to think of it as more of an antagonizing thing it's like yeah. they don't really need to run but they they're just antagonizing her you know they don't want you know it's something that we did when we were kids i guess you know you could face this person if you wanted to but you know it's more irritating that you don't yeah so i get that aspect but it's done so much that you kind of get tired of it and you don't understand the, the, uh, the psychology of it. And they yep. don't explain the psychology because people just do it just to do it, but they're not the right people that should be doing it. Yep. Like Samoa Joe shouldn't be doing it. Agreed. No, he's <laughs> Samoa the last. Joe is by far somebody that should be doing it. He should be. Jimmy an, Hater an, to some extent shouldn't be doing it either. Like a, a MJF is a person that, that should be doing it. Yes. You see, it's, the thing is, well, even Joe could do it, but he needs to be cocky about it. Like, I don't want to fight you. I'm just leaving right now, right? Right. And instead, it just it comes off the same way. Like, you're running in fair more than you're just antagonizing. Like, I'll deal with you at another time. But to MJF's credit, it's like he does that. You know that he's antagonizing you because you know he will come at you and get you sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But when everybody does it, it, it doesn't play off the same way it does for the people who do it right. Yep. All right, Jim Ross sits down with Preston Vance. Vance said the one thing he agrees about is that net minus one shouldn't have had to go through the death of his father, Brody Lee. Happy birthday, Brody Lee. He says the same mm-hmm. spark Brody Lee saw in him, La Facción Ingobernable saw in him now. He says he was the only hand-picked member of the Dark Order, but he says things changed and he says minus one has turned into a snot-nosed punk now and says he needs to grow up. I really did. Uh, I did enjoy this. Um, you know, Preston is going to be somebody I'm going to be paying attention to because I want to see how he does this. Is he actually the first actual Caucasian member of uh, Ingo Banales? 
if I'm pronouncing that right? Um, I want to say yes. Because, I, really I mean, do. there's Japan, of course. Of course. There's Mexico. There's the original. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess he is. So, uh, I want to see how he, how his take of it is going to be. Is he going to be, is he, is he going to change his personality to match their deal? Because yeah. right now he just seems very generic, but I want to see him to get some, a little bit of more charisma, uh, charisma in his uh, approach with this type of group. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We'll keep an eye on that for sure here on Rampage because I have a feeling we'll see him more on Rampage than Dynamite. All right. Wardlow versus Exodus Prime. Sounds like a character out of Transformers. It, it absolutely was. <laughs> and, and if that was the case, Wardlow was his Unicron. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, will we get another action and Dreddy this week? No, we won't. No. Prime tried to hit Wardlow <laughs> a couple times, but Wardlow sold nothing. He then hits a clothesline, hits not one, not two, not three, but four power bombs to get the win in two minutes, five seconds. And I will say to this, Wardlow's whole spill and whatever is getting very stale. That's literally what I was going to bring up was AEW has an issue with... And this is the one of the major issues I have with Jade Cargo is yeah. it's the same yes. thing over and over and over yes. and over. They're trying to I, I get they're trying to do the Goldberg thing, but for some reason when Goldberg did it, it just hit right. And it didn't start stop. Like when he actually stopped, it was a long time before they did it in the Kevin Nash taser thing, which I hate to this day. But what's, I digress. Exactly. <laughs> what's funny about okay, so this is the thing about Goldberg. And Matt and I have talked about this on BAM. Um, and mm-hmm. that's with Goldberg is there was just something about him. It was because it was the first time that we really saw a streak, a streak being mentioned. If there's anything yes. about sports that people love is people breaking records, right? Yeah. Professional wrestling doesn't really have that, right? So the fact that we were keeping count on how many wins this guy was getting was awesome and that there's a presence to goldberg right like there really is whether you like him or not you cannot deny that that guy has a presence he's got natural charisma until he starts talking um but he has a real sports feel yeah exactly that's exactly it where wcw screwed up was when they started fudging the win column the numbers (laughs) yeah exactly no yeah no i totally agree with that but also um you know, we've seen it with Jay Cargill. We've seen it with, you know, him. It just, it's not working. Something Tony is not, is missing from what I, I this is the part at times that I wish they had a Paul Heyman or a Gabe Sapolsky yes. near them because, you know, what are you talking handled, about? Being Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> all right. We, this, this whole entire episode is done now. We're completely. <laughs> Hit that, hit that music. I know, right? <laughs> but no, um, you know, people like Samoa Joe, people like Goldberg, people like Taz, people forgot like Taz. All three of them have this real sports feel. Yep. When it comes to Warlow, like they want to have the same feel, but he's not a legit athlete like these guys are. So it's coming out. It's starting to come out like, yeah, he wants to be the Goldberg-esque type of dude, but it's not working because we are already used to this type of character. I would say, and, and, and here's the thing: his finisher needs to change. Yeah, and they, the, the whole power bomb symphony thing. It, it needs he needs a new move. He needs an absolute new move. He needs to change up a little something with yep. this. I don't know what it is. I still like him. I like his character. I like his charisma. I like his swag. But it 
there he's become um he's become boring now oh this was a huge topic of conversation on the recording that we had on thursday what episode samoa joe's samoa joe's promos are was saving it oh like samoa joe was just saving this whole thing period line in this entire next segment saved all of this this entire thing so after the match warlow grabbed the mic he calls out samoa joe Warlow demanded Joe comes to the ring, but Joe appeared on the screen instead. Joe said Warlow can't dictate anything to the king of television. <laughs> I love that line. I loved that line. And the way he delivered it, that cocky motherfucker. Intent, cocky, but intense. Yes. It was cocky, but like his, him and Swerve are some of the most unique people behind the mic. Mm-hmm. That I absolutely appreciate because it's, it's something Kingston too. You just... You don't hear it. It's not the same paint by numbers type of promos that you hear from a lot of other people. It's their own thing in their own way. And it works. And there's some conviction to it. Yes. You need to listen to some Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes from NXT. Mm. Those guys know how to deliver a promo. Interesting. All right. Joe said he hopes he never defends his title in the god-awful state of Texas ever again. (laughs) Joe said in Colorado, Warlow can have whatever he wants, and the king has spoken. Boom. Mic drop. Yeah. So good. (laughs) And again, so so intense. Yeah. When he did. It wasn't a cocky promo. It was an intense promo. Because he still wants people to know, like, I will still put you to sleep. Yeah. I will still hurt you, but I'm being cocky. At this point, I'm yep. on Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right. Time for the Mark Henry segment. This one just went <laughs> off the rails. This one, <laughs> you knew it was going to go off the rails, and you know that was it, it was intended to. Uh, Trent Seven. But you know speak- what? This is some of the most entertaining parts of uh, Rampage, aside really from the main is. event. It really is. I look forward to these every week. So Trent Seven, who has a per-appearance deal with AEW, by the way, doesn't have a full-time mm-hmm. deal, a per-appearance deal, and no one knows okay. how many appearances. So Trent Seven speaks for a second. Kip Sabian then cuts him off. He speaks for a second. Butcher cuts him off and said he's sick of talking. Blade said they're going to split best friends open. Uh, Mark Henry started to talk. Then Dustin cuts him off. But Trent said something odd. And that's when Mark Henry said, <laughs> it's time for the main event. Yep. <laughs> so, the, so funny. So funny. If First it's all, not. Can I say every time you, you set me up for that, I feel like I'm going to say something different. <laughs> it's I know. Like, it's, I'm going to have a different catchphrase from somebody else every time. And what does Mark Henry say? They're great. Or <laughs> As long as you don't go all Booker T on me, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> And what did Mark Henry say? Shingles don't care. No, it's- <laughs> I'm always scared when I do that. I know. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor versus The Butcher, The Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven. The Trents, which sounds like a indie rock band, uh, started <laughs> really the match. The Trents. Something uh, Robert Smith created. Yes. The Trents. <laughs> they started the match. Seven chopped. Uh, Beretta The two exchanged elbows And Seven chopped the hell out of Beretta Seven comes right back And both guys went down Before things went to chaos with everyone 
Uh, once the dust settled, Cassidy and Kip were left alone. They had a brief back and forth until Cassidy put his hands in his pockets. Butcher and Beretta were in the ring, and then Butcher hit a back body drop. Blade kicked Beretta as uh, we went into the final picture-in-picture. Uh, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of back and forth. There was a cool, you know, the, your, your usual stuff in these multi-man matches. Uh, the Bunny and Penelope came into the ring, but Cassidy and Denhausen pretended like the women attacked them. This got them ejected by the ref. Kip turned uh, to Denhausen, uh, punched them in the gonads. Sabian followed that up with a punch to Cassidy. The match was never really a normal match. No one could keep control of this match. Uh, eventually, Seven slammed Beretta from the top rope for a two-count. Dustin got a tag, hit a running destroyer on Sabian, which looked amazing. Yes. Dustin then maintains his momentum, placed Kip in the corner for his signature crotch kick. But then Orange Cassidy softly kicked Sabian before Dustin went in for realsies, as the kids say. He then hits a bulldog on Trent Seven for the win in 10 minutes, 45 seconds. And the show pretty much went off the air right away. Again, another fun match. This is the one guarantee about Rampage. You got two main stars who are definitely going to put on a good show for you, uh, if albeit a solid show. Um I'm not mad at it at all. I would just like to see them change it up as possible. But with that said, it was always a fun match to see, you know, um, Orange Cassidy involved because they could trust him. They trust yep. him to be in there to put on a good show, despite whatever people think of um, of of OC at all. He he, the man puts on a good show. The crowd reacts to it. It is it. Um, I want to point out Kip Sabian and his new look. I'm digging this new Batman villain look that he has. I, I was feel like he's ask putting you, some what really anime character. Does he remind you of any anime character? Right? Like, <laughs> he, like we could start with Yu-Gi-Oh on your yes. way up. <laughs> exactly. He does look like well, he's going to put out the um, blue eyes, white dragon on you at any moment. Yep. <laughs> but I like the look because he needed something to change. He needed something to stand out. Uh, you could tell he put a lot of money and investment into his look. I just hope that he gets a lot of investment in time because he's another one that is a really good uh he's a really good performer i think he's just he's he's experimenting right both him and penelope um mm -hmm. penelope is are experimenting on what they could do uh for each other be the harley quinn to you know joker type of deal or whatever like that but um i hope that it you know conforms to something that is enjoyable and entertaining and hopefully can get him a little bit farther up agreed because I him being a jobber is kind of a waste to me it is a huge waste. You have legit jobbers. You have you have you have rookies you got that the can captain. be jobbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the show. Like it was. It wasn't a bad show at all. Uh, the Moxley match was really good. I want to see that intensity from Guevara, Sky Blue, and Britt Baker. Yes. While the match itself wasn't good, they tried. Um, and and yeah. just something about a Sky Blue, and I think we both agreed on that. That like. She's missing something and not like from a she's missing something in terms of she's not good enough is maybe it's her, um, you know, maybe she's nervous. Maybe she, it's something. It's, I think it might be jitters. I think it absolutely may be jitters um, when she she, uh, she has to get over that possibly. I'm, uh, I, I can't say that for sure, but I remember Britt Baker at one point had those moments. And Britt Baker at one point 
got out of it. I, of course, she ended up getting an injury and was like, look, I'm going to work really hard to do it. I think a lot of studying may be, may need to be involved in like studying, you know, a lot of old matches, more promos or stuff like that. Um, I think there's always the one thing that people that are is lacking. I think, I think when, and I, I, I can't know for sure. Um, I don't listen to every interview that a uh, wrestler in a woman's division do, but I don't know where, which, which, what wrestling era that they start yep. or what wrestling era are they studying. And I think if you study and observe a lot, you will eventually get, you assimilate into that type of form. You know, you, most of all the male wrestlers, and I hate to separate these because that, it makes me feel like I'm being chauvinistic in a sense, but I'm not, but most of the male wrestlers are, uh, are, you know, basically forms of what was, um, you look at Eddie Kingston, he takes from Kawada. Yes. And, and the King's road and all the stuff. So you, you get, you emulate that part. You get, uh, Moxley, who's taken from Terry Funk, or he's taking from uh, Onita, or whatever like that. You have Punk, who takes from uh, Roddy Piper. You know, you got all these guys who just are, you know, keeping the tradition of what was great. I want to see more, like Jamie Hayter, like uh, Britt Baker, like um, I'm naming a whole bunch of people, uh, the women in Japan. You know, I want to see like more women like them. Yep, agreed. Gases off to aspire to be what was and really it just don't hold back. No more pillow fighting, just hit it in. You know? And they let do have go. some that do. You have to just yeah. let them go at it, right? Like just 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 they see have, what they, they have can to do. want to for themselves. Mm-hmm. They really have to put it all in. And I feel like sometimes when you see you know matches like what Sky Blue does, I feel like she wants to do it, but she's holding back. Yeah. For some odd reason or not. She needs to get through that. Yep, I, I say the same with uh, Priscilla Kelly, Gigi Dolan, and WWE NXT, where I've yeah. seen her stardom matches. I've seen her shimmer matches. We're not getting that version of Priscilla Kelly. We're getting this weird, I'm nervous version of Priscilla Kelly, right? Do you think, but that, one, just the WWE It's the WWE, format, because it's they, the factory. It's the factory. It's the factory. They want you to conform to that. I get that. But also, when you take somebody's name away, like, look what they did to Kenta. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Kenta wasn't the same when he was Hideo Otami. Yeah. He went back to being Kenta and went back to New Japan wrestling. He started wrestling like the old Kenta of old. Do you think just completely changing names and changing, you know, personas that, that you know, you got to start all over again is like, why don't you want me for what I was and what the crowd want me for? Yeah. That's That really that's, messes with your psyche. 100%. Right. And, and and we all know the reason why WWE does it. Right. But if as a performer, that's going to be hard, especially when you've gone through Japan, you've gone through the dojos, you've gone through the indies, you've yeah. gone through God knows what as person X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden you're going to be skippy doodah because that's what creative <laughs> thinks. Is gonna you're so sad. Is that's actually a name that they would probably do. I know. Skippy but then doo-dah. you're AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is still AJ Styles, so AJ Styles is wrestling like AJ Styles to to an extent, and still able to assimilate. But he's if he was if he was Skippy Duda, I'm he may have changed his he may not he may have changed his format. He would exactly. he may not have been the same dude. Exactly. It's rare to see a person that gets the name change maintain all of their everything. Look at Walter yeah. and Gunther. Right. There's a lot to that Gunther character. Oh. Just the fact that he's just just completely shredded. Right. Like he's a yeah. different person now. I saw that and I was like, I cannot believe 
<laughs> this is the same dude. He looked like the giant. He used to look like the old giant Baba of Botter. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. And now he kind of just. Anymore. All right. Here you go. Yep. Exactly. All right, Dax. So that was the show. Thumbs up from me. What about you? Oh, it was definitely a thumbs up for me. It was, you know, if all else, it wasn't anything over the top special. It was, it was just enjoyable and entertaining. All right. Awesome. So we'll figure out what we're going to do for next week. Well, you and I will talk because we'll probably have you back. This might have to be a, a, a thing that happens. Um, <laughs> but what, where can we find you? What's going on? Well, we already talked about what's going on, but where can our listeners find you? Well, if you're into all things anime, comics, movies, and games, you could go to uh, ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. That is the name of my podcast. You can find all audio and video exclusive interviews with some of the best of your favorite fandoms at TalkTimeLive.com. And uh, if you want to subscribe and download, you could do so wherever podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And if you're on Tumblr, I'm there too. Just t- uh, type in Talk Time Live and you got it there. And can't believe I can get that list down All like right this. there, Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I am officially awesome. now, I'm officially now Black Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> No other way to end the show. He's the Xavier. <laughs> I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Take care, guys.